Hey, welcome back to Intimate Interactions. Let's get back to discussing the ways we share love and intimacy with our fellow humans. Relationships, kink, polyamory, group sex, it's time to unlearn stigma and live our best lives as our best selves. All thanks to my amazing Patreon supporters. Intimate Interactions has no ads but this one. If you want to keep it that way, you can go to patreon.com slash victorsalmon. You get access to exclusive premium content like all of my coping with jealousy stuff. And hey, if that makes you jealous of my patrons, it sounds like it might be time to sign up. Free resources are available at victorsalmon.com slash resources, and book recommendations are at intimatepodcast.com forward slash books. Also, my Patreon supporters don't have to listen to this ad. Now, let's talk about the episode. Chris is a person who describes herself as an acquired taste who talks a lot, and who I'd describe as a van-dwelling, psychedelic-taking, wreck-beach, nudist-since-14, free-spirit hippie. She also describes herself as insanely polyamorous, which some polyamorous folks might describe as polyfuckerous instead, because she primarily has hookups and fuck buddies, to my knowledge. And I should mention that while polyamory is about multiple loves rather than multiple fuck partners, some folks find it really empowering as a sex-positive term that holds space for sluts, which I think it also is. The last time I spoke with Chris in person, we were in grade 6 together at Port Quichon Elementary School, which I remember is a bit of a hellhole with a couple of shining examples of excellent teachers that did the best they could, and a principal who seemed to have it out for me. She was vice principal of a school that I was at previously, in the previous year, where someone pulled a knife on me, and her idea of discipline was to simply take that student's knife away. When I moved, she was unfortunately promoted to principal of the school I had moved to, where she supported racist bullies who verbally and physically attacked me in and outside of school, and despite this, no disciplinary action was ever taken that I was made aware of. Okay, rant over. Chris now joins me to catch up. She talks about her life after her soulmate Connor died, her plant medicine journey in Brazil with ayahuasca, a powerful psychedelic, and we touch on suicidal ideation. With how much she likes sex, I thought it would be interesting to ask her about her favorite and least favorite parts of sex, and her favorite and least favorite parts of relationship as well. Remember, if you like the podcast, please do tell your friends, and feel free to write us a review if you really liked an episode to help other geeks and relationship nerds find us. Let me know if you prefer the intros that sound more scripted versus the ones that sound more off the cuff, and you can always email me at podcast at victorsalmon.com or check out facebook.com forward slash intimate interactions. Thanks so much, and enjoy the session. I've been boning this guy who's 25. Mm-hmm. He left a skateboard in my car, which is, like, so embarrassing. <laughs> that is the best thing No, 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 this is even worse. I picked, him, I picked him up in a Wendy's parking lot. I was using it for oh free parking. Oh, my God. The Wendy's parking lot, because I was going to eat somewhere like at a nicer establishment. <laughs> but I know the life hacks of Vancouver, a like the free story. parking, you know? Yeah. And so, anyways, we were going out for dinner. It was I'm my girlfriend. I'm just going to adjust your mic. Oh, are, am, are we on? Um, technically, but we're not probably oh, okay. going to publish any of this, but we might. I don't know. Do you want uh, to? Yeah, sure. I don't okay. I don't care. All right. I picked people up in worse places than Wendy's parking lots. That's fair. <laughs> Is it fair? I think that's totally fair. Perfect. Um, like, yeah, I mean, when we think about the idea of, like, worse or better places, like, we're often talking about, like, a class distinction. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking about, like, oh, this is really trashy or this is really gross. But yeah. all of those ideas, I think, tend to come from, like, classist ideas anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I when do. you're like, I pick people up at worst places than a Wendy's parking lot, I'm like, all right, I'm no judgment here. I tried to use Tinder the other day. My girlfriend always uses Tinder. I tried to yeah. use it. I was on it for like an hour swiping. And then people started talking to me and I was like, what the fuck? It would be so much easier to just go to a bar and pick someone up in like 10 minutes, you know? Totally. Rather than like go and have these conversations that actually like you're thinking about it. You're like, oh, what am I going to say? Whereas right. when you're in a bar or something, it's like, hey, I'm going to be myself and you're going to be yourself. Right. And then we're going to go bang. Yeah. Maybe in the bathroom. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Like what it, what it really, sorry, I'm just adjusting yeah, all the sound. Um, what it really comes back to again is that idea of like, what are you trying to get out of this interaction with the person? And if sex. And, right. And if it's just sex, yeah. then like, wh- who cares? It doesn't really matter yeah. how you sort of get to that goal so long as you feel it's within your risk profile and you feel safe about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Sorry, I'm I'm really nerdy about these things, so I'll No, like... that's like, I like that, because the way that I talk about how mm. I get there is not as, you know, you've always been smart, though. Thank you. 
I appreciate that. You were always the smart one. Sometimes that serves me and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's funny how sometimes, um, like, the analytical way I go about thinking about things mm-hmm. also sometimes blinds me to things like sarcasm. Like, mm-hmm. when we were on the phone, <laughs> and I was like, my last name's Salmon, and you're like, oh, is it? And I, like, full on I was know, just like... I know, and then you kept going, you're like, you know, like a fish, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> you're like, he does not get this. No, I know, yeah. but it's like, you know, I deal with people all the time, so... No one mm-hmm. ever gets... I moved to the East Coast mm-hmm. two years ago. Mm-hmm. They don't understand sarcasm over there. So I... I'm not funny there. I'm weird. <laughs> I had to move. I had to move just because, like, I was working in a restaurant, and I kill it when I work in restaurants right. in Vancouver. Right. When I work over there, people are, like, trying to get restraining orders against me. They're like, this girl is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, like, because I'm, like, trying to be funny, and they're like, nope, that's not working for us. Wow. Because they're simple, and they're sweet, and I'm, you know, like, psychedelic, and, you know funny, I guess. I thought. I'm sure. I, I, I find you funny. Oh, good. Perfect. Um, I don't really know if I find you psychedelic, because I don't really know what that means. I'm assuming that means you do a lot of psychedelics. Yeah, no, and that's how I got to this place, I think. Got All you. All the psychedelics make me, like, very imaginative. Yeah. Although I always was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always thought you were a really creative person. Yeah. Um, tell me more about psychedelics. I'm just curious as a random Do you, do you ever do them? Um, not yet. No, not a single one. Not, not yet, no. So I do a lot of mushrooms. Okay. I like them a lot. I've heard microdosing can help with depression. And it also helps with, like, migraines. Really? Yeah, like, I have a lot of, because I sell uh, chocolate mushrooms. Okay. But I have a lot of customers that uh, have, my, like, they don't even like doing mushrooms, but they'll eat them, like, every six months. Mm-hmm. And then they don't get migraines anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's That's... good. I don't do them for that. I like, like, it, for me, it's like a steroid for learning. Like, when I first started playing guitar, mm-hmm. I would just eat mushrooms and, like, go and play guitar for hours. Like, I would never, my fingers would be, they would hurt, but, you know, I wouldn't care. That's kind of how I learned how to play guitar. Um, and then it just, like, opens up your mind. I don't like acid. I've done acid five times, probably. Mm-hmm. I've never had a good time. I did ayahuasca in February. What's ayahuasca again? It's like an Amazonian uh, psychedelic. It's Got like, it's, it's, they call it plant medicine. Like there's a bunch of different plant medicines. Like there's ibogaine or iboga and then there's ayahuasca. It's usually people do it for like addiction. Mm. Like it helps treat addiction. I did it because mm. I was so depressed after my boyfriend died. Yeah. That I literally, like, did not know what to do. Because, like, I've always been a happy person. Yeah. And, like, if I'm depressed, I may be depressed for a day because I'm hungover. But never, like, for <laughs> a month, you know? Sure. And I was like, I don't, you know, I just didn't know what to do. So then I did this. I did three ayahuasca ceremonies back to back. So you drink this tea, plant medicine, mm-hmm. at, like, 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then you trip out like crazy until, like... I don't know, like six, seven in the morning. And then a shaman sings these like 5,000 year old Amazonian sort of like songs, like prayers. It's weird though. It's like backward. It's so trippy. And then they have all these different, they dance around. It's just, it's so trippy. And then you talk to like aliens and you go into other dimensions and you see like how everything works. Like it's pretty crazy. That sounds exactly like what most psychedelic descriptions have been like. Yeah, like this is me. like, this is so, I've never, I was like, I would not recommend, <laughs> I would re- recommend it for people, but like you have to be so mentally strong because it is insane. Like I wasn't even tangible. Like I would look at myself and you throw up too, you throw up for eight hours. Oh, you God. Pur- and some people purge in other ways too. Like if you watch documentaries, people like shit themselves and do all sorts of things, but um, yeah, it's just, and then you go on a diet, like, prior to it, you have to go on a diet for, like, I did it for a month, you're supposed to do it for, like, a week, but, like, no sex, which is hard for me, no masturbation, um, no coffee, like, no acidic foods, no drinking, obviously, sure. um, smoking, no drugs, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to take prescriptions or anything, but, mm-hmm. yeah, man, that was, like, crazy, and then ever, si- ever since then, like, my mind is completely different. Yeah, I've, I've heard that about psychedelics. Yeah. Um, there's there's um, apparently a parallel between um, being high on psychedelics and religious experiences, like really mm-hmm. intense spiritual experiences. It tends to activate the same centers in the brain, or so I've heard. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. Because ever since that sort of happened, it's just like it's kind of like an, a religious, you know, how people like go and find God or whatever. It is mm-hmm. an awakening, right? Because I have a completely different way of thinking, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes it's like you want to turn it off because you're too awake. You know, and just, like, looking at, mm-hmm. I don't know, the suffering of humanity or something. It's, yeah. like, very overwhelming, right? Whereas before, I was, like, not like that. Right. So did you feel that having this, like, traumatic experience, if I may call it that, that that impacted the way your compassion sort of applied to other people? 
witch traumatic experience like the, having, having the ayahuasca or my boyfriend because <laughs> <laughs> ayahuasca was very traumatic i didn't realize that yeah uh, well you know it's like it was good in the end like it was good right but um like after it happened it was like whoa like thank god i was living in the woods because if i was living in the city i would have been going fucking crazy yeah but that's... uh like that you know it's i went to do the plant medicine because of connor mm -hmm. and ended up with this other totally different you know it's like it was like he put me on this path i guess by you know that happening but now it's i, I didn't get over him dying but now i kind of understand how or i think i understand how things work so now i'm i feel comfortable about the whole thing maybe okay i think i was just really afraid of death i don't know whereas i still am sure now but i think most people are i never thought about it before you never thought about death before? I literally did not think about it until this thing happened. I swear to God, isn't that messed up? I, I mean, it's not messed up. I think it's, like, amazing. Yeah. I've I've been thinking about death since I was, like, very young. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, she I think, like... She seemed like a concerned person when you were a kid. Oh, well, I was just always anxious, right? Yeah, like, I yeah. had anxiety and depression for as, as long as I can remember my experience as a human being. Yeah. Um, I had um, some THC brownies. Well, CBD brownies, really, when you yeah. think about it. Um, yeah. And, like, it was the first time in my life I hadn't really experienced anxiety really yeah so it was pretty interesting to sort of be in that space and I was like wow as soon as I started hearing myself talking to other people I was like when I don't have any social anxiety I'm a dick to people <laughs> <laughs> that's like the first thing that occurred to me yeah I like see if I, I CBD is fine if I do THC it's like I'm I just all I think about I'm like should I have said that oh my god are they thinking about what I said were those the right, right words right. like I get so my social I can't socialize mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. over for me it's like I have to go and eat like a pound of cake and then take a nap. Wow. Yeah, and that's me high on that. On THC. Yeah, that that's quite a different experience from CBD. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, they were just cannabis brownies, but I was just sort of calling them whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... So you do that, now you do that, like, all the time? No, I actually haven't. I've done, I've done, I've had an edible twice. Mm -hmm. So I've had two edibles so far. Yeah, feel free to move and adjust or get closer. Mm -hmm. Am I far? Um, yeah, typically like mics. Um, ideally, you want to be like within like a fist. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, I want to be this close. I ideally, yes. Okay. About. But having said that, let me that, get in like, there. Yeah, there you go. And I mean, honestly, make yourself comfortable, right? Like I am comfortable. Okay. These shorts are uncomfortable though. They're like okay. I'm wearing underwear, thank God, because if I wasn't denim, ow. Yeah, that would not be comfortable. No, I'm um, wearing. This is what I wore this last night. So. Okay. Now I'm wearing it today. Because <laughs> I, I slept in a boy's house. <laughs> That's totally fair. Yeah. I mean, I think the important thing is, like, do you feel comfortable and happy? And I think you feel more comfortable and happy having made the choices you made. So I would say they're good life choices then. Yeah, no. I, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I always stick by my choices. I'm never like, oops. Mm -hmm. I'm always very happy about the choices that I make. I'm That's typically good. a happy person. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm just trying to, like, process... Being, because you, you have always been happy, and I mean this with love, almost to the point of ditziness. Like, yeah. Like, happy almost to the point of ditziness. No, 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 no. I hear that all the time. People are always like, because I used to, I lived in LA for a while, and people always thought that I was from the valley because of the way that I talk. But even, like, I travel all the time. Like, I travel all over the world, and people yeah. don't think I'm Canadian. They're like, are you from California? Right. But, uh... Yeah, for sure. I, I totally, everybody always, you know, I hear pe so many people do impressions of me. I love hearing it, though. I think it's really cute. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely ditzy. Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to, like, process how that level of, like, positivity and just, like, a general, like, um, um, optimistic view of the world sort of runs into, like, your experiences in relationships. Um, just because you've had like really positive relationships, obviously. Um, no, you have not. That one, the last one was. The last one was. Yeah, the other one prior to that one was not, and that was a long one. That was like all of my twenties. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That wasn't good, but, but like you know, I would work out of town a lot, so like we weren't always together. Like I would work out of town to save money so that we could go traveling, and that's what I would look forward to every year. But, like, I knew our breakup was going to be a mess. Like, I knew it was going to be bad, and uh, it was. Which, you're talking about the one before Connor. Before Connor. Connor was, like, Connor was, like, my soulmate. Um, and I'm just so happy to have had that experience. But the person before that, he was kind of, like, my soulmate in a different way. Like, he's a really good friend, but he's such a fucking liar and such that a sucks. shitty human being. That sucks. I hope he doesn't listen to this. We're actually really good friends now. <laughs> he's my neighbor. <laughs> 
But uh, we didn't talk for three years. We did not talk at all. And wow. then he contacted me. I actually changed my number. And he somehow got my number and he contacted me. And, like, I didn't really think about him. I was just like, no, you know, I'm going to move on with my life. And so I did. You know, and did, like, a lot. I traveled around, like, moved to L.A., like, did a lot of things. He just sat around and thought about me, I think, for a really long period of time, like, unhealthily. Mm. And then uh, I was living in the same area as him, like, in the Comox Valley. I was working at a fishing lodge. Mm -hmm. And on my days off, I would go and sort of, like, camp around the area. And he had heard that from someone. And he contacted me. And then we hung out. Thank God we didn't bang. Um, and now we're really good friends, but I still feel the exact same way. Like, I think he's tried to do all of this, you know, work on himself, but, like, I really don't think that uh, it's, like, you know, it's, like, it's, I don't know. I don't think it worked. But yeah. he, try he tries, you know, and that's, you know, it's good that he tries, but he's still, it's so funny because he still can't see the big picture. It's, like, you're still the exact same person. You can do all the work that you want, but you really have to, like, you know, you have to connect everything, you know? You can't just do something without connecting it to your soul you know mm -hmm. could you could you elaborate a little he just like i don't he does the work but he doesn't it's like it's he doesn't like he has he says all the words but he right. doesn't do all the actions you know he doesn't practice what he's preaching got you yeah as opposed to people who like think about the work and do it intellectually but they don't do it like with their heart yeah like i you know i did so much work after that ayahuasca thing because i was like so unbalanced like, mm -hmm. I just could not stop thinking about death and, like, just all of these things. Like, I was really uncomfortable with the way everything was, and I couldn't understand why we're on this rock and and why we're people and why. And the weirdest thing to me was, like, with Connor, when Connor passed away, mm -hmm. like, a couple weeks earlier, I'd gone to visit him because he was up in Prince Rupert urchin diving. So I went to Terrace, which is, you know, an hour from Prince Rupert, and he came and met me. And then we went and uh, had, like, a day where we just did mushrooms all day. And I remember, like, listening to his heartbeat when I was really high, and I was like, it's so weird. Like, you have, like, skin and, like, you know, organs and a brain, and, you know, this is all a factory that functions because, you know, it all works together. And then I'm like, and I love that, but I also love, like, your you know, your personality and your magic, you know, and this other thing that, like, where does it come from? Like, how is that, you can't, like, where does that go when you die? And that's, and I just, it was weird that I had thought that and said this to him two weeks before he died, but I was really, it was hard for me because I'm like, where does that thing go? And so, I don't know, I thought maybe, like, I would be able to communicate with him or something if I did ayahuasca. I was really not, you know, anyways, that's not what happened. Sure. <laughs> other things happened, <clears throat> but... But uh, how did we get onto that? I'm not 100% sure, but I'm I'm totally happy with it. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, that was like, that was the thing that was like the weirdest for me. It was like, I just didn't, didn't understand where that went, you know? Yeah. There's, I mean, I mean, I'm not an expert by any means talking about grief. Um, I had a partner try and kill themselves, which was pretty intense. Oh no. Yeah. And it was like the first partner, like one that I was really, really, really in love with. Oh no. Um, yeah. But I mean, it is what it is, right? Like that's not about me. Yeah. Um, no. But um, at the time it very much felt like it was. Yeah. And I think for me, a lot of grief is like a quest for finding a sense of meaning or purpose. Yeah. And that, like, that hadn't really, like, crystallized for me until I looked into nonviolent communication. Mm -hmm. um, Marshall Rosenberg's Compassionate Communication Framework. Mm -hmm. He talks about human needs as, like, groups. And it wasn't until I saw grieving as a human need under meaning as a category that I was like, how is grieving, like, a meeting your needs for meaning? And then I was like, oh, it feels so fucking meaningless when someone dies. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that was a really kind of, like, interesting aha moment for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I tried grievance counseling. That didn't really work. Um, I don't know. Now I just, like, do, like, a lot of, like, if I do yoga every day, then I'm, like, I feel balanced that day, you know? And if I eat really good, which these are all, like, simple things, you know? It's just, like, living. But, oh, but it's so hard to live well. It's so hard. I know. It's, like, you know, you just want to sometimes, like, have a Frosty or, like, eat some Chinese food, mm -hmm. you know, and pour some soy sauce on it. Sometimes you want to get drunk and have sex with 25-year-olds that you meet in Wendy's parking lots. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sometimes you just, you know, but, like, if I'm, like, eating well and doing yoga and doing all of those things, it's fine. But yeah. um, if I don't, then it's, like, I my mind wanders and then, you know, it, it can just wander a lot now, whereas before it didn't. And do you find that's, like, post-ayahuasca? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, your mind tends to wander more now that you've done that. Well, it's just, like, I, like, this whole whatever's going on is just, it's, like, insane to me, you know? Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I had this, a- <laughs> I had this alien talk to me and basically tell me how everything worked. And it's, like, we're all one fragmented, like, fragments of one being, mm-hmm. basically. And we just keep reincarnating. And it's, like, we're fighting this sort of war with, like, going to sound crazy with these entities that feed off of our negativity it's almost like the matrix it's like these things cannot survive like on their own but they can feed off of our downfalls you know and Mm -hmm. then they kind of live through us and it's like everything it's like trump on the news you know it's like people are so glued to this thing and they're saying that he's so filled with hate but everybody's hating on him in the same way it's so hypocritical and it's like i can just see this entity on the television just like growing and growing with all of these people glued to it you know like i'm not a huge fan of screens like i don't barely know how to use my phone i have a mm-hmm. computer but i haven't opened it in like months i don't watch television mm-hmm. sometimes i'll go to the movies but like i usually fall asleep i would i would make the point that like intolerance of intolerance is acceptable yeah it's like, um, I, I just wanted to make that point because I don't think the two things are equal. I think they are slightly different. Yeah. Um, but all that, like, rational argumentation and discussion and thoughts, like, aside. Yeah. Um, I would say trauma has a way of reenacting itself generation after generation. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, we are kind of engaged in a struggle to heal. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of fighting against, like, the bits of us that are traumatized that continue to reenact that trauma on other people. Mm-hmm. We just keep working our shit out on other people and yeah, giving, sure. them, giving them shit to work out later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's a vicious cycle and it's like constant, like there's so much. I could like hear, I went to this weird place, which I talked to a shaman later and he told me it's the cave of creation, but to me it seemed like hell. It was like, it was like something out of like, um, like Labyrinth or something, that movie, The Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, David it was Bowie. like this like bubbly, like dark place, and I could hear all of these like moans, like these distinct, like really creepy moans. That's it really was, intense. Oh, dude, you have no idea. And so were I was, you like on any substances when you were? This was in, in the, when I was on ayahuasca. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, fuck no. <laughs> That's not like a regular everyday thing. Cool. But so I went into this place, and it really freaked me out. And it was like I could hear like the suffering of humanity. Like, it was really, really, really intense. And it really freaked me out until I talked to the shaman, and he was like, why? Why does it scare you? And I'm like, I don't know, because I feel like I, you could get hurt in there. It's like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to ever go to that place. And mm. he's like, but if you're a being of love, and love, like, combats all evil, then wouldn't you be able to survive whatever it is that you're afraid of? And so this person really helped me, because, like, the shaman that I did the ayahuasca with, he didn't give me any tools to, like reintegrate what I learned in society, you know? Mm. So I was really struggling for a while. Like, I had no one to talk to because I sounded like I was nuts, so I just kept it to myself. And then, yeah, now I'm, like, a part of a community of people that do plant medicine and whatever else, and it's, like, I feel comfortable now, but I don't talk to people about it because they just get uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, even for myself as, like, a very, very science-minded atheist, like, I have no problem talking about it because I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, this is what an altered state looks like. Yeah. And you can learn important things about yourself in altered states. Mm -hmm, For sure. like, there's so much inside of us in terms of, like, the thoughts you've had, the perceptions you've made, like, Mm -hmm. just connections you've made but you aren't conscious of. Yeah. And in altered states, a lot of that can come out and get reenacted in different interesting creative ways. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I think. Yeah, no. It's like, it, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I'm open to, like, everybody's way of thinking, you know, but I really think in this one way now. It's really, but I was never like that before. I was kind of, you know, I was very atheist. Like, I just did, but I never thought about it too, right? Mm-hmm. I was just like, life is great. I love life. This is me. I like coconut oil. I live in my car. I like to travel. Now I'm like, whoa, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's good. It it seems like it at the very least it's like sort of like opened your world up a bit. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, so we let's ask some actual questions. We can like actually get onto some questions now that we're like half an hour into the episode. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about um your relationship to sex because you're so sex positive and I think that's awesome. And I'm just curious to like, I was gonna say drill down and then I was like, <laughs> <laughs> let's drill in there. Right. Um, yeah. So when did you first discover you liked sex? I was kind of like experimented with it, but then there was like, you know, slut shaming or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was like kind of like afraid to whatever be the way that I am now. And then um, I 
really know when it happened. I guess I started like, I've been going down to Rock Beach since I was like 14. Like I used to vend down there. I would vend like water and then, you know, like chocolate mushrooms, and like whatever else. So, and then like later like booze. But um, <laughs> I hung out with all of these, you know, older people, like a lot older than me. And uh, they were all like really into sex. And I'm like, great, me too. And then I still like, I still didn't really know kind of what I wanted. Like I would have sex, but I didn't. Whereas now I'm like, this is what I want. I want this now. And like I talk and I, yeah. whereas before I would not do that. I'd be like starfishing probably and just not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say like the last, like, like me and Kyle, my ex, we used to have crazy sex. We would go all over and have sex capades and do whatever. Like we're like anything was an opportunity to bend over on. Whereas <laughs> like we couldn't even make it to the grocery store without pulling over and like shagging. Right? We wow, had a really okay. dysfunctional relationship, but we really loved sex. But even with him, like I wouldn't say that that was the best sex that I've ever had, and it should be because it's someone that I've been with for so long and so comfortable with. But then, so after we broke up, I went on a rampage and just, like, shagged my way across all of the countries. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of when I discovered, like, I don't know, that's when I kind of had a, more of a voice, maybe, or, whereas, like, you know, it's like I have tons of sex toys now, and mm-hmm. I feel completely comfortable when I'm having sex with someone to just, like, whip it out. You know, because some people get insecure about it, right? They're like, oh, am I not enough? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, with this and that, it's good. Sure. Yeah, so I would say the last couple of years, um, I just, I like sex. It makes me feel good. I don't think it's, like, about connecting, or maybe it is. I have no idea. I haven't, like, dug into that yet, but... Uh, but into the connection behind sex? Not, like, I don't, like, I don't know if I, like, I don't know if I want a connection with a person. You know how some people just, like, want to connect to someone. They want, like, they're lonely. I don't know. I have lots of girlfriends that are lonely, and they, I think, have sex just to have somebody, you know, with them, whereas I'm, mm-hmm. like... I don't really have a problem having sex with, you know, different people and potentially not knowing their names or getting it wrong mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't really care. I just like having sex. Yeah, which is totally legit. I like having all of the sex. I don't like, I like having like, you know, I haven't had an or Have I had an orgy? No, I haven't. But I like having sex with multiple people at the same time or like, I have sex with women, but I don't think I'm good at it. Like, I don't think I've ever made a girl come from going down on them. Well, I mean... There are also things you can do other than going down on someone. No, I know. Um, I've made someone come with my sex toy. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So what do you mean you're not good at sex? No, I'm not good with my mouth, I mean. Oh, I see. I've, like, actually had a girl, I was going down on her, and she fell asleep. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. No, that that's... was, like, a sad day for me. <laughs> yeah, that's not... But that could also just... I mean, it's not necessarily about you, I would also say, like... Oh, yeah, she was drunk. Different people's... Oh, yeah. That, that, <laughs> that definitely makes more sense. <laughs> Different different people's um, bodies are going to respond differently. Like I've never really been a fan of fellatio. Like I've never really enjoyed. You like it? Never really enjoyed getting it. No. Yeah. You like I giving just, it though? Um, I would give it. Um, I have given it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you could say yes. I I feel like I'm such a baby queer. I like haven't made up my mind yet. Yeah. Um, not to be one of those like totally uncertain queer folks that people are like, oh, this is the this is the problem with with all yeah, of yeah. queerdom today. I'm like just like. Every, everyone who's new is going to have some period of, like, not being certain and experimenting. And that's kind of where I am when it comes to queerness. Yeah. So you're, like, bisexual. I would say more Ish. pansexual, but yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it just depends on the person more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. Hmm. I, like, I can see the good in anybody, though, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't... I don't, I mean, yes, I personally do try and see the good in everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that everyone has that potential. And mm-hmm. I think that there are definitely a percentage of people, like, j- that just do not necessarily healthily interact with me. Yeah. So it, yeah, I think it really just depends on, the, like, the chemistry of the individuals involved. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to ask you questions? You can definitely ask me questions if you want to. I can't think of any. Okay. That's <laughs> That's totally fine. I'm hungover. That's okay. This is what my therapist does. I talk to them and then they write things down. I'm getting flashbacks. Oh, that's hilarious because I'm not I'm not writing things down <laughs> I'm of just like kidding. Oh, okay. I haven't gone to therapy in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> see, I think you're legitimately hilarious sometimes. Like that was that was a really solid one too. I totally didn't see where you were going with it. <laughs> like that was such a good like punchline. Thank you. Uh, oh my god, I love appreciation. No, I totally that was that was that was really good. <laughs> Thank so you. I go to therapy all of the time. Do you? <laughs> I go to therapy like every like three weeks. It used to be every week oh. and then every two. And I've sort of gotten to like every three weeks now. You, for What do you talk about? Um, 
I talk about like a fairly deep-seated sense of self-loathing. Um, what? Yeah, I know, right? Like you wouldn't think so just from like talking to me. Yeah. Um, when I talked to my GP about being depressed, mm-hmm. um, my GP was like, we would need time to like confirm the diagnosis. And he was like super standoffish about like, like you probably shouldn't self-diagnose. Yeah. Um, and then when he started like using his various rubrics to be like, oh, well, what about this thing? And what about this thing? And like, when was the last time you had serious suicidal ideation? And like... I was like three months and he was like, like, I just saw his eyes, like, like total shock in his eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was really interesting, like how much he didn't perceive from the way I present. Yeah. But like, I've been like the first time I seriously thought of killing myself and to some extent attempted, I was seven years old. So like, what? Yeah, I know. Right. You don't really how? expect that. Yeah. Um, in that case, I was on a roof. I was trying to get higher and I couldn't get high enough because I was too small to climb it. Oh my God. Yeah. Like at that house you used to live in? Yeah. Yeah, I got on top of the garage, but it just was not high enough. No, and there was no way for me to like get up to like the proper roof. But I didn't know I was seven. Yeah, that's like (laughs) that's pretty seven-year-old me. No, yeah, I'm I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you. No, 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 no. I uh, I remember that (laughs) garage. That's like yeah, not high. No, not high at all. When you're seven, though, you're like, well, at least it's. How did you get up there? Did you have a um, ladder? From the porch. From the oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? Good for you for trying. (laughs) (laughs) Like you put in a good effort, a for effort. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone told me that trying to kill myself was a sign of cowardice. So it just sort of, um, yeah, it sort of changed into I was going to light myself on fire. So what? Those are really. I'm sorry, like to whatever be like not um, sympathetic, but like those are really creative ways. Like, most people do other things, you know? Not set themselves on fire and jump off a garage. jumping, jumping is pretty... I mean, a garage is, like, only unique because most people would not go with something so low. If they were going to do it in the garage, they would go, you know, in it and then turn on the car and do the the hose thing. But I was seven. I didn't know how to drive. Yeah, I know. Exactly. (laughs) So you just climbed up on top. I guess so, yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, for me, like, um, anxiety and depression have just been, like, my entire life. That's so crazy. Maybe you should keep um, eating the cannabis brownies if that makes you feel good, right? Yeah. I'm looking into different kinds of antidepressants as well. Yeah. I don't think that those are good. I mean, drugs are drugs. Yeah. Regardless of what drugs you're doing, ultimately, I think they're all an attempt to cope with where we are in life. But some are, like, healthier than others, right? Like, it's like eating a vegetable versus having McDonald's. Sure. Like, you know, like, doing cannabis or whatever is going to be a lot healthier than whatever fucking is inside of a pharmaceutical pill, you know? Like, that stuff is poison. I I don't know that I agree with that, but I can respect that that's your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, from my perspective, I see all of them as drugs that have various different effects. Some of them are going to be more harmful than others, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's it's really just a question of, like, what works for your body. And for some folks that I know, antidepressants work really well for them. Mm -hmm. And for other folks, they'll medicate with cannabis, like, every day. Yeah. Um, or they'll microdose with mushrooms. Yeah. Um, so there are like, there are all these strategies out there for drugs that society doesn't consider like mm-hmm. safe or doesn't consider them good or doesn't consider them socially acceptable. Yeah. And it's like drugs are drugs. Even when someone's, you know, on a bender with alcohol, like a, a lot of the time I try and see that through the lens of like, this person is coping with where they are in life and yeah. they're self-medicating and they're self-dosing. And maybe that dose is not good for them. And maybe that drug doesn't do what they really need it to do. And what they need is a different drug. Yeah. I think that alcohol like I find all that stuff but like I didn't drink or anything for like you know probably up until like a week ago um but like you know since Connor passed away um I haven't really done anything except for the ayahuasca um but yeah I I try to like live as clean as possible like I used to drink a lot Mm -hmm. you know like I don't know years ago but uh now I like don't do it often, but I do find it, like, to be a poison. And it's a depressant. Like, sure, people are, like, self-medicating, but, like, when you come off of your bender, that is going to be serious, you know? Like, that's mm-hmm. that's not good to, you know, it's... I don't know, but I think that I really do think... Because I've just... I'm, like... I love agriculture, and I love gardening, and I've mm-hmm. always kind of had, like, a huge garden, and I've always kind of grown pot, or, you know... I, sh- I should show you my porch garden. I have raspberries and blackberries. I know oh, nice. blackberries are just brambles, but I still love them. No, blackberries are great. You know, they're so expensive. It's insane how expensive they are for, like, you know, you can just, like, go and walk in the woods here in Richmond and get them for free. Totally. But I would, like... I, we used to grow blackberries. I had, like... We had, like, probably, like, 12 or 13 different varieties of raspberries. We had golden raspberries and lavender raspberries and black raspberries i've heard black raspberries are really neat because they're not blackberries no they were so confused they just like grew out of nowhere and then i was like what is this a blackberry and then i ate it i'm like no it's a raspberry but it doesn't it doesn't taste good 
Really? No, it's not like, you know, it doesn't have the flavor of, like, the red raspberry. Mm. Even, like, the golden ones I don't find have a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. I think the red ones are the best. Apparently, blackberries and raspberries, like, loathe each other as plants. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> if you end up with, like, um, one of my brother's former partners had, like, a blueberry and blackberry, just like a farm. Yeah. Um, but they had black raspberries growing um, alongside blackberries. Yeah. And, like... They got, like, there were weird deformations in the leaves. Yeah. And, like, they just didn't like each other. And they yeah. were like, oh, this is just a black raspberry in with the blackberries. That's why. Yeah. But it's but it's funny because it is, like, they do communicate with one another. Like, it's just, you know, it's it's really insane to see it. Like, we used to, we used to live, I used to live on 60 acres of organic apples. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about apples. I kind of worked in the field or in the orchard sometimes, but not really a lot. But, like... They, you know, I feel like the trees were fighting back sometimes. You'd be, like, picking apples, and then all of a sudden the branch would break off and, like, you know, almost take you out. I'm like, that he's getting back at us, I think. <laughs> I don't know. It could be my crazy ride, but, yeah. Anyway, but what I was going to say is, because, like, with all the gardening and everything, it's like I really do believe in, like, plant medicine and all that stuff sure. versus the other thing, which is, is my opinion, and, you know. Sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not even disagreeing with that. No, like, no, no, I know. Yeah. I just want, I don't want to sound like, now I feel cunty. Not at all. <laughs> Pardon my French. No, no, you're good. You can swear as much as you want on this podcast. Okay, good. I have a foul um, mouth. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, I take stuff um, with a grain of salt as like a general rule. Yeah. And I'm used to not having a commonly shared opinion. So yeah. it doesn't bother me in the least that Yeah, me too. Agree. No yeah, one ever cool. agrees with me. <laughs> ever. Like, no one ever. I just like, it's very, that's why I liked Connor. He was like, maybe he's just saying it because I was like good at having sex or whatever. But he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> Like, that's my girlfriend up on that log naked screaming. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, live your best life. <laughs> I'm living my best life. Well, I mean, to a large extent, yeah, I think you are. Yeah. You've always kind of, like, made choices, I think, just from what little um, we've cut up. Um, yeah. Just based on, like, your heart, on what you wanted to be doing at that moment. You seem to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Yeah. I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I think it leads to a lot fewer regrets. Yeah. Because at least you, like, lived everything to the... You experienced as much of the people that you've run into and yeah. the situations that you've been in, like, as you can. Yeah. We should probably go back to questions. Yeah, we should do it. We're, um, like, veering off. I told you, I'm a very distracting no, person. No, it's totally okay. It's totally okay. So we're talking about a relationship to sex itself. Okay. Um, and it moved to all the way to raspberries. <laughs> yeah. What do you like least about sex? Anal. Really? Yeah. Don't like it. It makes me cough. I feel like I'm getting a prostate exam. I only do That's it. That's awesome. It's, it's okay. like I've probably had anal five times. Mm-hmm. It requires a lot of coconut oil. I am so tight in all of the places. Yeah. But like even more so there. Like I get colon hydrotherapy. Hydro. Yeah, colon hydrotherapy. Mm-hmm. And even when she sticks the tube up my ass or whatever, she's like, "Whoa!" She's been doing it for twenty years, and she's like, "Whoa!" This is like. I've never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say it like that, but I can tell by her eyes. Got you. Anyways, I just don't. I don't like anal. That's probably the only thing I don't like. Yeah, okay. I like all the other things. That's hilarious, because, like, I'm an anal sex fetishist, so, like... Oh, are you? The thing, the thing that I like, like, above everything else is anal sex. That is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> what do you like about it? Um, I like that it's dirty. I, what? I like... Oh, and that's the other thing. It's, like, it, it's, it's a night ender, too. You have anal a sex. A night and, ender. It's like, okay, well, I guess I can't, you know, put that in my mouth anymore, and everything's messy. Let's go sleep on the couch. Right. Um, I mean, there we have the technology to shower. <laughs> like that does exist. Doesn't have a dirty hippie. We don't have that in my community. Right, 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 right. Yeah, That's yeah. fair. Yeah, we have like ponds. I can see how it's different if you don't have a shower. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot different. If you have a shower, it's not really a big deal. If you can just do it in the shower. Right. Yeah. And if you're using a condom, you can just take the condom off, and then yeah, you aren't sucking on quote unquote poop dick. <laughs> Right. I love how you're like if you're using a condom. Yeah. You know, well, because you said this morning and you said condoms you fell out of my pocket, and I was like, these would have came in handy yesterday. Right. He's 25. I probably took his virginity. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> I mean, whatever's your in your risk profile, right? Yeah, living um, my best life. Like something like that for me would be outside of my personal risk profile. Yeah, but the just, condom thing. Like like having unprotected sex. Yeah, I normally don't. I'm because I have sex, right? Right. So I always use condoms. Yeah, well, because if you're having sex a lot with a lot of people, it just makes sense to, like, reduce your risk each time so you just don't end up, um, like, I don't know what your status is in terms of getting pregnant, but, like... Oh, I have an IUD. Wonderful. Yeah. I love that you made a a T symbol. That's, like, that's such a perfect timeout, but also, like, IUDs are shaped like a T, so that's that's perfect. (laughs) Um, 
yeah so like there's there's that and then of course obviously there's like all of the various stis but like yeah there's lots of them but i mean honestly like i think the stigma is worse than the actual effects of a lot of stis yeah because you can just like some of them you can just get a um you know a pill yeah, I had yeah, I had like, chlamydia once a long time ago, and mm-hmm. after that, I was like, N- I've pro- I've only not used condoms since then twice with Connor and with this person. Wow, what changed? I never wanted to have chlamydia again. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why with this twenty-five-year-old who's a rando? Did you choose not to I use condoms? I don't know. I have no idea. I just I really wanted to bang, and we didn't have condoms. So the first time that we banged, you know, it was like, and now we're continuing to bang. And I was just tested really recently. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know about him. I should really get tested again. I'm sure it's fine. I'm pretty sure this guy doesn't get late. He skateboards and he's 25 years old. You'd be surprised, though. I mean, there are a lot of 25-year-old insecure women that are probably yeah. Oh, like yeah. I would, yeah, totally. Yeah, a- I, girl, Avril Lavigne wannabes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls are the worst. Girls are like, <laughs> they'll do anything. They're like, oh, my God, are you going to give me attention? <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, I, I'm going to choose not to touch that yeah, topic because I feel like that is suicide for me socially. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I've um, <laughs> obviously I've, I've dated my fair share of, of ladies. I, I, so the funny, the funny thing about that is I feel like my reaction to most people is like, oh, are you going to give me attention? Um, so I, I think to a large extent, like that insecurity is something I identify with. Yeah. I've also been very socialized from a young age to turn any harm or trauma inwards instead of outwards. Yeah. Which is much more traditional feminine socialization, whereas, like, a lot of men will get angry when they're hurt. Yeah. And a lot of women will just get quiet and sad, and I tend to be the second category. Yeah. I just, yeah. like, I just make jokes about everything. Mm-hmm. And it seems to work. Yeah. that That's a great, healthy strategy. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I guess pro- so. Some people say it's not. I don't care, though. I mean, provided that you have the ability to be serious when you want to be serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Which I'm sure you do. I don't know. I mean, I don't know whether you ever choose to tap into that, but like, I'm sure if I one do, day... I do, I do, I do. I get, I get super serious sometimes. Mm-hmm. I just, not right now, because it's the summer, but in the winter, I'm very serious. Yeah, in the winter, I find myself a lot more sedated. Yeah, it, well, in the winter, it's like, I just don't, my relationship with the sun is like the healthiest relationship I have. Like, it makes me so happy. But as soon as it goes away, I'm a completely different person. That's a really interesting idea. I've never thought about my relationship to the sun itself. Yeah. I've thought about, like, how does sunlight impact my mental health? Yeah. But, like, that is, like, a microcosm for how who we are as people. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Your relationship to the sun. I'll have to think about that and be like, hello, Mr. Sun. You do. You should talk to it. Like, I just love, like, everything that it provides, you know? It's like, I don't have, like... Like, and, literally all life. Yeah. It's just, but it's like, it's like my God, you know, I don't have a God, but like, I like this thing helps me the most all the time. I mean, most, if I'm not mistaken, I believe most Abrahamic religion is sun God worship. Yeah. And, and originally a lot of it comes out of like Northern Africa and, and there is a lot of like, like just, you know, I don't honestly know enough about the the region, so I don't want to, don't want to comment too much, but I will say that. Which uh, Northern African country? Let's get specific. Um, I would say Egypt. Yeah. Um, Thinking about, um, like, I, like, I don't want to use the wrong words, but like Isis, Osiris, Horus, that whole like yeah, yeah, yeah. triad thing going on. And then they yeah. had that weird thing. Was it Tutan, Tutankhamun? Yeah. T- Tutankhamun. Tutankhamun. That reminds me of like going to elementary school, doesn't it? King Tut. King yes. Tut. Remember, didn't we have a song? Didn't we have to do? Yes, Do you we remember did. when we had to perform that thing in the assembly and we wrote oh a song? Oh my God. Vaguely. I can't remember what it was, and we made up a dance. I remember when you and um, and Devin used to dance in front of the class, and you would, like, perform songs, and everyone loved the two of you. Like, it I know. didn't matter whose shit list you were on. <laughs> it didn't matter who you'd pissed off, like, that week. The second the two of you got up there and, like, sang and danced, everyone was like, we love them. <laughs> Shut up and take our money. Even though yeah, you're in charge. She's coming. She's coming back. She's in Australia. Oh, wow. She's, like, so different now. Mm-hmm. She's, like, like, nice. <laughs> um, and, like, I don't know. She's just a positive person. Whereas before, mm-hmm. maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I try not to shit talk people on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I feel like that was a positive thing to say, right? Yeah. Good now, not so good before. 
Yes. No, I meant all the things I was thinking of saying oh, yeah. when you said that. <laughs> I know. I like, yeah. I You're know. golden. You're golden. <laughs> I just meant all the things that sort of ran through my head. I bet. I, I definitely have some unhappy memories of time spent with No, them. I have really unhappy memories with that individual as well. Yeah? Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, it's so interesting because, like, from my perspective, I always saw you folks together. Yeah. I didn't really, like, get to see Division as much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, as a friend, she could be so terrible then. Now she's, like, amazing. Like, I was in an accident, like, a couple years ago, and I had to get surgery on my arm, and they gave me some type of drug that makes my arm go to sleep, but they said, like, worst-case scenario, it'll be asleep for... 48 hours, but chances are that isn't going to happen, Which, and it did. So Waiting I, for you to say, like, I was unable to masturbate and she helped yeah. me. <laughs> I fucking wish. I have friends that would do that for me. Uh, no, she had to bathe me, but she's, like, not like me. She's not a nudist. Like, she's not into, like, she's probably never done anything with, right. you know, she's not very sexually adventurous, I wouldn't think. Like, I never hear her talk about sex. I can't even imagine yeah. her having sex. I feel like it would be very awkward. I shouldn't say that. But uh, anyway, she, like, washed me and bathed me and, like, you know, I think that's, that was... That's a big friend deal. Yeah, I think it was out of her comfort zone. My arm was, like, limp, like, flopping into the water and she's soaping me up. Yeah, I can see how that would be uncomfortable for someone who's not... Yeah, I would jump on the opportunity to soap someone up. I'm waiting for the phone call. You're waiting for the phone call? <laughs> yeah. Kristen, come and, come and soap me up. Yeah, I'm there. I'll be Got there in you. 10 minutes. Got you. Yeah. I'll keep it in mind in case my arm ever goes to if, sleep. Yeah, not, your arm doesn't even have to be asleep. <laughs> if you just ever need to soap up, just I'm your like, person. Cool. Yeah. I will, I will absolutely keep that in mind. Perfect. Top of the list, Kristen. Namaste. Soap human. Yeah, soap human. <laughs> I appreciate that. Specifically, the hippie soap human. Yeah, the hippie soap human. The one that doesn't have the shower. That's like my one-man band. The hippie soap human? Yeah. Wouldn't that be good? That would be a pretty decent band name. I wanted to, like, start a one-man band called Ayahuasca Pussy. Ayahuasca Pussy. I don't really really know what that means. I don't either. It just sounds good. It's catchy. (laughs) It just reminds me of the burlesque performance, Liquor Pussy. I've never... Do you watch burlesque? Sometimes, yeah. I've never been to a show. I would love to go to a show. It's all about, like, sexual expression. Yeah. And, like, owning your sexuality and being seen and, like, validated as being a sexual person in a really, like... Yeah. Yeah, I think conservative culture. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyways, the there's, like, a tradition in burlesque to have hilarious burlesque names that are, like, clever puns or yeah. plays on words. Yeah. So, um, Liquor Pussy was, like, L-I-Q-U-O-R. Oh, yeah. Like, Liquor Dick, except... Like, lick her pussy. Yeah. So, I mean, I really didn't need to explain that to you. <laughs> I feel like... Putting... I like how you look down at your little thing after. <laughs> like, yep, I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna shamefully look down at my notepad. And your be little like, therapist pad. This bitch is crazy. No, no, no. Good so thing I'm not wearing my glasses. So, literally, all I did was write down the topics that we talked about so yeah. that when I write the introduction, yeah. I'm not like, what the fuck did we talk about? We were all over the place. We didn't... We didn't do questions. I, like, I don't even know what we were talking about. Let's do more questions. Let's do more questions. So, the answer to the last question was anal. Right. Because yeah. that was, what do you like least? What do you like best about sex? Um, having an orgasm. Okay. Yeah. Like, specifically, the pleasure in the release? I don't know, man. I really like it, though. It's, like, my favorite thing. Sometimes I will masturbate, and, like, I'll go until I can't go anymore. Like, and then it sucks, because then I go and have sex, and I can't come. Right. Because I've got... So, sometimes if I know, which I don't normally know, but sometimes if I know in advance, like, a week in advance, that I'm going to have sex, I won't masturbate for that week, so it's, like... You have really explosive sex. Yeah, you know? Do you find your orgasms are bigger if you haven't masturbated? Oh, fuck yeah. Interesting. So even as, like, a a guy, and the reason I mention that is because when you're, like, assigned male at birth, um, typically the genitals that you have, like, build up semen. Yeah. Um, And then, like, when you have spent that, there's, like, a reduction um, in testosterone. So, like, I just feel less motivated to have sex. But what I've been finding in the last, like, probably two years of my life is like I'm less sex motivated than I used to be yeah but also um if I masturbate I can still have sex later that day I can still orgasm later that day yeah it's like I haven't really lost that much of my stamina in terms of orgasm but I have lost a lot of my drive to actually have sex yeah well if you masturbate uh, no, like if I masturbate, I maintain my drive to have sex. Oh, really? If I'm, if I don't masturbate, yeah. my body's like, yeah, it's okay having less sex. And I'm like, what are you talking about, buddy? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I just like, I don't know. I like to, uh, I really like having orgasms, obviously. Um, I really like having sex and then mm-hmm. to, like, I like it to be really like odd, like however it happens or like whatever I do. Like, so that 25 year old that I picked up in the yeah. parking lot at Wendy's, mm-hmm. he was getting a $5 Baconator, by the way.
the way, which was like the worst case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because oh, when we were waiting fuck. for him to come to the table, because we all went out for dinner <laughs> and we're waiting for him to show up, I couldn't even remember what he looked like. And he's walking up and I'm like, I fucking hope to God that he wasn't there getting a $5 Baconator. Oh my God. And that's what I said, $5 Baconator, because I saw an advertisement for and it. And you're like, anything but that. Yeah, and so he sits down and I was like, what were you doing there? And he was like, getting a $5 Baconator. And I was like, oh my God, my vagina is so dry all of a sudden. <laughs> but so, anyways. <laughs> Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So, I like those. I like having those. Oh, anyways. So, he couldn't get it up because we had drank that night. Couldn't right. get it up. And he said, told me he had Viagra. But he's like, I only have one pill. And I'm like, you know what? Like, we don't want to waste this. I'm going <laughs> to We don't like, want to waste this. I'm going to crush this up and I'm going to blow it up your ass because I think that that'll get you harder faster. And he let okay. me do it. This is our first date, I guess. Anyway, so I blew Viagra up his ass and then we fell asleep. But then in the morning we had sex and it was good. Wow. Yeah. True story. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Anyway, so I like that. I like that about having sex. I like to make it as like weird as possible and then go and tell stories about it to all my friends. Totally. Because it's fun. It's funny, right? I once double fisted someone. No. That's a story. How do you get them? Like, how do you do it? Do you like, do you, you start do... with a carrot and then you kind of like... You... Up... <laughs> I love that you went to, to food first. Um, I'm not averse to using carrots because, especially jumbo carrots, because there, there's something... <laughs> almost embarrassing about it yeah it feels very almost i don't want to say juvenile because that sounds wrong but like <laughs> it, it feels inexperienced and it, to it, use a carrot to use a carrot in, yeah. in my opinion like yeah. i'm like it, it sort of brings up the thoughts of like who uses vegetables but then at the same time i'm like vegetarians right sure yeah um hippies that <laughs> are like it's all natural man yeah. you just pick it out of the garden like it's so nice when they're fresh i definitely put condoms on them just to avoid on getting the carrots like, yeah just oh, to so avoid you do use carrots I have, yes. For what? Um, weirdness. Oh, if, yeah. I, if I want... I've literally been having sex and had a person look at me and just be like, I'm good with this, but just so you know, we do some really weird shit. <laughs> and, like, that was just the most, like, moment of clarity, like, yeah. part of my sex life ever when someone literally was like, like, I'm so... I'm down for this, but just so you know... Like, you just assumed everyone was like that. What? Like, just, like, you know, like, behaving like that, like, stuffing carrots. No, honestly, I thought it was weird, too. Oh, you did? Okay, um, yeah. Like, what, and just because whenever you delve into, like, new fetishes with someone yeah. for the first time, especially yeah. if it's your first time with that fetish, you're like, yeah. this is different. Yeah. It is weird. It is meeting all my needs for novelty, all my yeah. needs for adventure. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. It's, and, like, you don't know... Like, you do hopefully do some research on it, and you're pretty sure that, like, nothing's going to go seriously wrong. Yeah. Um, I never research anything. Okay. So that's the opposite of me. That's yeah. fair. And, My... it always, and it always goes wrong. That's the fun part. Oh, okay. Yeah. So with anxiety, <laughs> I'm always afraid it's going to go yeah, wrong, yeah, yeah. so I do all this research, and then I go about it in the most, like, risk-reduced fashion. Yeah. That makes sense. It's what works so well for me with BDSM, because yeah. BDSM is focused on these really, I don't want to say dumb, but really intensely dangerous things sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to reduce the risk on them. Otherwise, like, in the course of a single relationship relationship with a single person you're just gonna have like serious issues that come up yeah i don't know just my thought yeah i've never really had like a sex related injury like i feel like I, if oh, i have yeah. anal sex i right. feel like i've been injured because you know oh, that's not good sometimes well no it's just it's just like it, you can feel it the next day like i go to sit that's always when i remember too because if the only time i have sure. anal sex like i have to have had a lot of drinks and then sure. i'm like okay i've run out of you know orifices let's just put it in my ass it's only been with my my ex-boyfriend um it, it takes a honestly like it takes preparation and it takes yeah, like coconut guidance. Oil. well and you just need to know like yeah. if you just have experience with what your butt feels like yeah at different parts inside your body and you have a pretty good idea of pacing yeah um your autonomic sphincter that's like three and a half four inches inside your body yeah that's one that like you don't control consciously yeah like your emotional state has more of an impact on that yeah so if you're already nervous about anal and yeah. you're receiving anal tighten it tightens up it not only does it tighten up but like if you've ever had the experience of a ring that's burning inside of your butt yeah that is the ring that is burning and yeah. it is burning because someone pushed through it when it wasn't open yeah yeah, so yeah, like, I can't, it's been so long. I can't remember the pain, but I always remember. Like, if I go to sit down or something, then I'm like, oh, I had anal sex last night. Right. That's, yeah, you can you can feel it. Sometimes when I'm walking, I can feel it too. Yeah, I mean, it's more of a sitting thing. That is a, that is a, that is a new experience. I've I've definitely like heard people talk about that, but it yeah. is not it is not my experience that no. when I've had a strap on in my ass or when I've screwed someone in the ass that they've said that they feel it sitting down the next day. Like unless something's gone wrong, typically yeah. that isn't my. Well, experience. maybe I would, maybe if I was having proper anal, I would like it. That's possible. Yeah, yeah, because like yeah. I just yeah, we definitely. I, I don't think that there was any... But there was just a lot of coconut oil. I just assume that it fixes everything. I'm it like, doesn't. Instead it doesn't. of, like, antidepressants, I'm like, put some coconut oil on it. 
I think that works for a lot of things. It's yeah, there's, moisturizer. There's <laughs> definitely cooking. Yeah, oil pulling. Um, yeah, I think the honestly, there's interesting research about like what coconut oil does to bacteria. Mm -hmm. So for vaginal sex, it's questionable if it's like a best practice because mm -hmm. the, the the bacteria in your pussy are like pretty. I wouldn't say I won't say fragile because they're actually pretty resilient, but like they're they're vulnerable to getting um, upset. Let's say I yeah. say this as a person who does a lot of anal sex because you don't want to give someone a yeast infection. Yeah, in the ass. Um, in the pussy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, I can you to get anal yeast infections. Oh, because you go back and forth. <laughs> no, I definitely don't. No. Um, but even if like fluids from one are sort of getting on the other, you can yeah. absolutely get a yeast infection from it. So like, oh yeah. So making sure to like sort of respect pussy bacteria is like really important, which is which is one of the reasons why I'm really cautious about coconut oil anywhere near the inside of a pussy. Yeah. But for like butt sex, why not? Yeah, I stick that shit inside of my vagina all the time. That's what I use as lube. Okay. But, you know, I've never had a yeast infection before. I'm not, like, prone to things like that. Cool. I should. Like, I should be a person that has yeast infections, you know, but why, I don't. Why, why do you say that? I just feel like I, like, I feel like people that, like, my girl, like, I actually know. I guess you'd have to be prone to it. But, like, I have girlfriends that every time they have sex, they get a yeast infection. I don't, I don't know what to say to that. Or, like, like a, or a UTI. Like, a one UTI of the two. A UTI is different. Yeah. Um, but, like, there are, yeah, UTIs are hard because some people are just really prone to them. Yeah. However, you can do things like you can drink a lot of water before yeah. sex so that you pee immediately after. You yeah. can take prophylactic antibiotics. Yeah. Not that that's desirable because who wants to be taking antibiotics all the time? No, right? that's not good. It, it's not good. And it, and it predisposes you to a yeast infection. Yeah. So it's like the treatment for one will screw up the other is yeah. kind of how that. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, um, what were we talking about? Um, anal. No, what was the, what oh, did what you it, like best about sex? Yeah, I remember we the orgasms and right. the stories. Orgasms and stories. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. We're getting Wait, three questions. Have we done two questions or three questions? We've done three whole questions. Wow. We're doing good. We're killing it right now. Yeah, my mom would be so proud. <laughs> what do you like least about relationships? Everything. Okay. What do you like best about relationships? Um, <laughs> it's like everything is a blanket answer. I'm like, that's fine. What do I like best about them? I don't know. Like, what needs did you get met in? I, I guess want, I didn't. I never want to be in relationships. People always wear me down, and then I like the person enough that I'm like, okay, let's do it. Question: Do you interpret this as like a question about exclusive relationships? Well, no one ever wants to be in open relationships. Like, I don't have. I don't. I'm not jealous. I don't have that right. sure. thing. Like, I'm very disconnected from it. I don't know why. Sure. So I don't. Have, well, you're not insecure for one. Yeah. And you probably aren't like worried about what other people have that you don't have, so you're probably yeah. not envious. If someone's, like, going and shagging somebody else, like, yeah. I'm assuming because they're going to get something from that experience, right, that I'm not going to provide, which is good. It's like, you don't want to, you don't want to take away from somebody's life experience because of your insecurities or whatever. Like, if you're going to come back and hang out with me, sure, that's great, but, you know, I'm not in control of you. You're your own Person. being, right? Yeah. So, but people don't understand that and they don't really want, they just want you to themselves, you know? Yeah, sometimes there's a possessive aspect to jealousy as well. Yeah, so, I don't know, like, one thing I guess I like about relationships is, like, the closeness that you have to that person, because if you're having, like, a one-night stand, it's not, like, I'm not a huge fan of cuddling, but I like, like, my back being drawn on, and I like, you know, I like making meals together and doing things like that, like, it's fun if you find someone that you want to do all those things with, you know? I nearly had a one-night stand once. Um, oh my god! You right? nearly had nearly, one? Nearly had one one-night one stand. stand? Oh my god! Yeah. Um, I said that once. <laughs> I, said I was that. like 15. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I've caught up to 15-year-old Kristen at like <laughs> at like 32 years old. Yeah. Um, it's not really a catching up thing because like for me, I'm in two loving relationships right now. Oh, good. That's yeah. wicked. Yeah, it really, really is. They're yeah. amazing humans. They yeah. make me smile. Good. Um, yeah, I like sleeping next to them. The needs I get met with that are like touch. I really like touching warm bodies, yeah. especially ones that I feel really safe around. Yeah. And I feel really safe around theirs. That's good. Yeah, I like that. The safety thing. When you feel like someone makes, is like, because I rely on myself. Like, I spend so much time alone. I'm like a loner for the most part, but I go to people when I like mm -hmm. want whatever, that interaction. But uh, if I meet somebody that like actually takes the that off of me, you know, and they get, sort of take some of the responsibility because it's like crazy relying on yourself all the time for everything, you know? Like, I've never really, even in a relationship, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of somebody taking care of me. But when they do like little things, I'm like, oh, this is nice. You know, totally. I, see, I can see like why, I 
can see why people do them, like, are in them or whatever. I don't know if I could ever do it again, you know? And I really don't want to go through what I went through ever again. So I just, I've kind of been very, like, concerned about... Oh, that's such a normal reaction. Yeah. Like, that is the most, like, par for the course thing ever. It's, like, when I had that first relationship where I was super, super deeply in love with someone. Yeah. And then that kind of got interrupted and disconnected in a really unhappy way. Yeah. It ended up really doing a number on my ability to be vulnerable with people. Yeah. My ability to show that I loved other people. Yeah. In more than a superficial way. Yeah. Because it was really easy for me to say, like, yeah, I love you. Like, yeah. I appreciate you as a human and, like cool, let's have sex. And I had, like, um, it's funny because I had these, like, fuck buddy style relationships. Yeah. But they lasted, like, nine to 12 months. Oh, my God. Because I still am such, like, a loyalist type human that I just, like, I really root for people and I really want to see those people do well. Yeah. So, like, even when we're not closely connected and we're, like, how does Nico Case put it? Um, It's it's better, my sweet, to hover like bees because there's no sure footing, no love, I believe. Aww. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's so cute. So, well, it's a lot more depressing when she sings it. <laughs> <laughs> I really like, like, I like, you seem like you're so comfortable in, like, all of your sexuality and everything, right? Like, it's, like, that's so good that you're in two loving relationships. I think that's wicked. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes I don't, don't realize, like, how fortunate, and sometimes I don't consider, like, how much work I've done. Yeah. Because, like, I had that experience. In some ways, some people would be like, oh, like, you had this really disconnecting experience when you were, like, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, that definitely, like, was really emotionally jarring for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but after, like, two suicidally depressed years, like, more so than usual. Like, yeah. when I say suicidally more depressed, so I More so than usual. Yeah, more so than <laughs> usual. Because, like, I had, like, a very cyclic sort of depression. Yeah. Um, but then after that, it was, like, I had really intense suicidal ideation. Like, yeah. there were days I wouldn't leave the house because, like, going out on the street scared me. Oh, my God. Because, like, I wasn't sure I wasn't going to launch myself into traffic. Yeah. Like, that degree of suicidal ideation. Yeah, whoa. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's This is a human experience. Like, it's very different. Like, yeah. people cope with trauma in really different ways. Yeah. And, I mean, hell, some people experience intimate trauma and just, like, never have sex or, like, you know? And, like, to me, I'm, like, that's, it's it's so sad to cut oneself off from, like, intimacy and like the love that is other people yeah but that doesn't have to manifest as sex necessarily yeah anyways i'm rambling i like sex yeah sex is great <laughs> sex is really fantastic yeah it's the best it, it also feels really validating for me yeah like when i have sex and people enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> i know like it's the worst when you have sex and people don't enjoy it you know that hasn't really happened to me recently because i haven't had sex with new people for a long time oh yeah <laughs> But even having sex with new people, it's like, I, I typically have like a, a, at least give people a second chance rule. So that if, yeah, if I, I don't, if I sleep with someone <laughs> and they're not like doing it for me and I'm just like, okay, let's if try again. If I can't do a, good... a one night stand. Let's make it a two night stand. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm good with a one night stand. I just haven't, I think, you know what, actually, I think I have had one unintentional one night stand. Unintentional. But technically we slept together in the morning as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That still counts. Still one night? Yeah. Oh, awesome. yeah. Awesome. It was a one-visit stand. Well, so, yeah. No, I think they're all like that because sometimes they'll have a one-night stand and it'll last like a week. You Got know? you. Yeah. So you mean it more like a fling, like someone that comes into your life, you have sex for a while, and then you leave? No, it's, it's if like... you guys don't part ways for that way. Until you guys part ways. Got you. Yeah. But if you guys stay together for a week, I get that traveling a lot. Or sometimes, yeah. like, someone will come... We'll have sex, and then all of a sudden they move into my house, and I'm like, "What are you still doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how it happens. Like I always now, I always check and make sure that they have like at least apartment or car keys. Those right. are my two one one of the. T- that's my only requirement. Okay, <laughs> your only requirement is keys. apartment. Some, or some kind keys. of a key. Yeah, they have, have a key. to have a space somewhere. Yeah, they have to have something somewhere. They cannot. Well, now I'm homeless, right? I haven't. Uh, I have an RV on the island, but I'm basically living in my car and like at my uncle and aunt's house in Ladner for the time that I'm here. There's there's honestly so much van dwelling you can do in Vancouver. Oh, do, I'm like, the, I know all the spots. I know yeah. all of the free parking. All the parks. Yeah. There's like bathrooms that are available. Yeah. It's like basically dawn till dusk. You can go to the, uh, what I used to do. when You I, can shower at the pool. Yeah, that's why I was just going to say it. So I used to live in a van. When I broke up with Kyle, I didn't know what to do. I just knew I had to leave. So I moved into a van. I moved to Vancouver. I was living in the Okanagan and I was working at a restaurant and I would literally 
literally go. I'd like park the car at Kitts Beach and go to sleep like and wake up and it was so nice. And then I'd go to the rec center, go for a steam, have a shower. That's people, great. They hated it. Like at the you're not supposed to shave there. But I'm like, uh, hello, I'm going to work. And then I would go to work. Nobody knew. One day, <laughs> finally, I moved in with some of my coworkers. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was just living in a van. And they're like, what? How do you like how do you come into work every day? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like, like, I find it empowering. Like, I have one girlfriend, she broke up with her boyfriend, and she's like, I remember we were in her car, and she's like, all of the stuff I own is in my car. Isn't that pathetic? And I'm like, you're yeah. ta- you're talking to a person that lives in a fucking car. Like, that's like, it's not, I'm not offended, but like, to me, it's empowering. To some people, they're like, I'm such a drag of society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Write it down. I know, I'm making, I'm making notes of what we talked about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> lives in a car. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm literally writing down know, best and worst of sex and relationships. Because um, that's something we actually did successfully <laughs> answer from the questions. What's the next question? Um, let's do another podcast. So let's call this one here, and then we'll come back and do another one. Does that okay. sound good? Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. So how did you like it, Intimates? Leave your comments on Facebook.com slash Intimate Interactions or directly on Patreon.com slash Victor Salmon. Both communities are easy to find from IntimatePodcast.com. So what are you waiting for? Go join the free Intimates community and start connecting with others. I'll see you on there. Disclaimer. I apologize if I said something that hit a nerve or played off a hateful idea or stereotype. I'm open to being called in. Chances are, in six months, I'll look back aghast and see something problematic I've since grown from. I'm certainly not perfect, but I am trying to be mindful of the voices I lift up and the perspectives I encourage. You can email feedback to podcast at victorsalmon.com. Thanks for your kindness. Attribution. The tracks I use are published under the Creative Commons Attribution License. The intro track was Lost Souls by Portrayal, and the outro track was Restoration by Uncle Milk. Land Acknowledgement I apologize first for any pronunciations I might butcher. I wanted to acknowledge that I recorded this podcast on the unceded traditional Coast Salish territories of the Musqueam, Kwantlen, Stazuminus, Stolo, Sawasan, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Shout out to the Sekwepmek Nation, on whose land I got my degree, considering the Kamloops Indian Residential School closed only in 1996 when I was 10, I have found nothing but unending patience and kindness in the Tekemlupste Sekwepmek folks with whom I've interacted. Let's never forget genocide in the hope we don't make the same dehumanizing, cruel mistakes again. Thank you.